Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, it's Your Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino, and I'm on today with my favorite vet, holistic vet, Dr. Ruth Roberts. She is such my favorite vet that we've actually decided to partner up together. We have taken the Your Natural Dog store and combined it with Dr. Ruth's store where all of our favorite products are there, all the products we recommend. And of course, they're all holistic and all natural products because we literally, she is a vet who's been able to help pet parents not only learn how to take care of their pets and how to understand what a blood test is, lab results, but um, how to do it completely holistically and on your own so that you don't need the prescription meds or the surgery and that type of thing. So I love that she teaches us. She actually has a coaching program, not only for veterinarians and for vet techs, but for pet parents so that you can become a pet health coach and get certified so that you know how to take care of your pet completely, holistically, like I do. So we're talking with her today and we're going to talk about cannabis and marijuana and what happens if your pet gets into your stash or someone else's stash, or even if they get into anything that maybe will cause them some upset. So stay tuned. And we're back with Dr. Ruth Roberts, and this is our 420 episode. So we're talking all things marijuana, <gasps> cannabis. I feel like the, I don't know, who controls the podcast? I don't know. Like, I feel like ever since my ordeal with Rodney Habib, do you know that ordeal that where Facebook no. like asked me, asked Rodney to talk about CBD and dogs? So Rodney invites me to come out and we do the whole thing and Facebook blocks it because I said THC. Oops. I'm like, what's going on? So yes, Dr. Ruth Roberts and I were talking everything about cannabis and we've got some stories and, and I'm always like in argument with everyone because of course, when I learned about the biology of the cannabis plant and learned about all of its compounds, I also learned that we couldn't get high from eating a raw flour uh, product because a raw product has THCA and CBDA, which are non-intoxicating. So you can't get high off of it. But people have reported that their dogs have gotten into their stash. And of course, their stash could be everything from an extract, you know, like a, a sh they call it shatter. They call I mean, there's so many names there's for it. There's crazy I can't weird up. stuff out there now. Wax. I mean, so yes, all of that stuff is going to get your dog high because it has large amounts of THC in it. And as we know, dogs are more sensitive because they have more receptors. So your dog is absolutely going to get high. But let's just talk about the flower part because we were talking about this and you had an experience where a dog got into, how much did you say you tell the story? And that it it was... It was high. It was high. Yeah. So, but, and this is a lot of years ago, but 
our, my dog Moultrie, who had seizures and who was a Labrador and would eat anything anyhow, ate a quarter ounce of marijuana. And he was out of it for two days. Like we had to stand him up so he could pee and he's dropping his head and just sort of loosey goosey. And he sort of, we'd bring him some water and gave him some sub Q fluids once, you know, when he couldn't drink, but it's, it's scary. And I'm, I'm, you know, I know what's going on, but it's just like, Holy smokes. So the awesome thing was he got through the two days. He started coming around. He got up, started moving around he had horrible, horrible, horrible seizures. And this is back in 95, before CBD was even a thing. He did not have a seizure for a whole month. And it was like, oh, how do I, how do I actually do this without him passing out for two days? But it was terrifying because he was just out of it. And so the deal is, is that and I think this is well reported in the literature. Unless a dog has, you know, gotten into just an asinine amount of some really concentrated product, they're gonna get through it. They just need supportive care as far as fluids, making sure that they're going to the bathroom, that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's it it is interesting. And I knew a guy who still enjoyed marijuana but stopped smoking it because his lungs had had it and how he would use it was he would literally take dried flour crumble it up and then eat it and again this is back in the 80s this is back in the 80s before you know where there was all this technological stuff about decarboxylization and all that but yeah so i think this is yes it does it can have a really profound impact And that big fancy word that you just heard Dr. Ruth say, decarboxylation, is the process that we put our cannabis through to convert the THCA to THC so that you know what you are getting in a product. Because this is why people, when they start messing and baking with cannabis, can make a product that's way too strong because they didn't decarboxylize it. And now you have doubled the amount and you think you're taking five milligrams and instead you're probably taking a hundred. I've had so much experience with cannabis and have not really ever had a negative effect. I had a, like an 18 year old geriatric little poodle that was so arthritic in the hump and not, you know, in the back and not using the back ends back end that I gave 42 milligrams of a full spectrum hemp extract, which, you know, barely any THC in it at all. And he got the zoomies like crazy and then passed out what was close to 48 hours. I could get him to get up and go pee, you know, take him to the water bowl. He would eat, he would drink, but yeah, pretty much all he did was pass out. And I knew that that was what was going on was that his, you know, all of his deficiencies in his little old man body and in in his endocannabinoid system were finally being filled. The pain was going away. So he was feeling so good. But what do you think is happening when they're basically passed out? They're just super high. They're like, like, how do we equate it to what, what we're doing? Because I, I know there's other drugs out there that are of course, a lot more dangerous that, you know, make the dog sleepy and go to sleep and not participate. 
You know, there's a couple of things. I think one is there's some level of intoxication going on. The other is, is there's individual variability. So for instance, Hayo, my six pound poodle can take 18 milligrams of CBD every day. No worry, no problem, nothing. I take one milligram, I am out for 36 hours and I'm drooling. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And the other thing is, is that with chronic pain, once you finally get some consistent release, it's like, ah, because your body is just exhausted. Unfortunately, I've had fibromyalgia. So, you know, if you've got that level of chronic pain, you may be sleeping, but you're not sleeping well. And so if the pain suddenly stops, it's just like, oh, thank God. So I think there's combinations of things going on there. Good. The most important thing that I wanted to talk about on this podcast is I want people to not rush to the emergency vet when their dog gets into their stash. To this date, we still don't have any uh, reports of any animal getting into anyone's marijuana stash and dying. If something happened where they had toxic levels, it's usually not the cannabis. It is usually the other ingredients in it, like a chocolate or a xylitol. I don't know if you know this, the whole reason that I have my tinctures is because I couldn't find a pet product back in 2015, 16. I would find a human product that someone would put a paw print on and call it an animal product, and it literally would have xylitol in it. It was just the human product with a different label on it. And it's an unregulated market, so you, there's probably market uh, products out there still that I see all the time. When I go to a human cannabis event, because I always go to the human cannabis event and talk about pets, I see everybody, every vendor has some sort of dog treat, you know, in there. And I'm always thinking to myself, I wonder how they made those. And I'll ask, how'd you make those? Oh, well, we just mix it into the batter and, and bake it, bake it. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't think people understand that heat completely changes the profile of the compounds. So for instance, THCA will turn into THC. So it's very important. I remember when we first launched our treats, people would leave them in the car and it would change them and they would become more potent. So it's very, this is an all natural plant medicine. So it makes a difference whether you heat it, whether you cool it, whatever it is and however you take it. But I want people to know that it's not dangerous and you don't have to be concerned about your pet dying from consuming the cannabis. And I come from the school of where I've tried everything at my rescue farm in raw form, you know, cannabis, liquid form. All my dogs have gotten THC. And as you know, Nina got 10 milligrams of THC every single day. And I didn't have that response. So every dog is going to respond differently. If your dog gets into the stash, what would you tell them to do? It depends. So if the dog has no serious health issues, and, and what I'm thinking of in specific is, is kidney disease, most likely you're going to be able to just keep them comfortable at home, make sure they're drinking water, that kind of stuff. If there is some significant health issue, then that's where I would consider asking for at least subcutaneous fluids, especially for the for dogs and cats with kidney disease. Because if the pet becomes dehydrated and they've already got issues, that can actually worsen the kidney function. But really that's kind of it, you know, just 
like I just described with with my dog Moultrie, we just made sure he was drinking lots of water. And that was kind of crazy because he was like, (laughs) but, and then we would, you know, and he's a 70 pound lab. So we would sling him up and he's like limp in the towels, but he'd go outside and pee. And, you know, it really, actually what was remarkable was that he was able to not urinate all over the, all over the place. But, you know, if, if your dog is incontinent, making sure that they've got some padding underneath them to, you know, absorb that urine, and then that's easy to pull away and keep cleaned up. So really, that's the big thing. And that wobbling and not being able to walk is called static ataxia. It's called static ataxia, no matter what drug is making them feel that way. So it's not, you know, just something that's for cannabis. So it's kind of like us drunk is how they're experiencing it. And when you take it as a medicine, your dog, if we were to keep on giving it to him, we would want, if we were going to do it the right way, we would titrate it up and we would make sure that he would get used to it so he wouldn't have that high feeling. What's so interesting to me is that Nina, who is 60 pounds, 10-year-old Doberman, was getting 10 milligrams and she would get high, but not wobbly. It was more of a, you know, sit and look, but she did have urinary incontinence. So she did pee her sleep every night. And that was until I added CBD to it. I gave her more CBD with the THC because CBD dampens the side effects of THC. And it stopped. Never happened again. So literally for the next two years, I didn't have any more accidents. So it was, it got to be so normal that You couldn't tell at all. Nobody could tell, you know, she'd get up, go out in the morning. (laughs) I have so many, so many videos. You would never know, run out, start chasing squirrels or bunnies after getting 10 milligrams that night. So, you know, I'm always like, I I love, I love it. I think it's the greatest medicine ever. There's no side effect at all. Uh, We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I think that we need to kind of educate pet parents on the difference between something that's toxic and intoxicating and what does overdose really mean and is it does that mean it's going to kill them type of thing so i want to like kind of talk about that because i think those words get used and people get scared about it when we come back if you're like us your pets are part of the family that's why at cbd dog health we created a line of human grade full spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. And we're back with Dr. Ruth Roberts, and we're talking about what to do when your pet gets into your cannabis stash. And we didn't even talk about kitties. I can't imagine a kitty going up and eating. I guess they would could lick something and get intoxicated, but... They will, um, too, <laughs> especially yeah. the dog cats. Right. So when something is toxic, that means it's dangerous and that it causes some sort of harm, sometimes death, versus intoxication. Talk to us about that. I think if we put that in terms of alcohol, because that's the thing that most people have frame of reference with, you can get intoxicated and you can have static ataxia and 
possibly say things that you'll regret the next day or, you know, a myriad of things. But by and large, you're going to be fine in somewhere between 6 and 12 and 24 hours. Toxicity means that, or toxic product, means that it's doing damage to the body tissue. So for instance, back to that example of alcohol, if you are an alcoholic and you drink excessively for a long period of time, we know that this creates liver damage for sure, because that's the organ that's helping to get rid of this stuff, but gut damage, all sorts of other, you know, brain damage, all sorts of things. And that means that the substance is actually creating damage at the cellular level. So we can be intoxicated every now and again without creating a great deal of damage or no damage whatsoever. So I think that's the, that's the distinction. The problem is, too, after the war on drugs, we're convinced that, you know, all drugs are, well, not all of us, but most of us are convinced that the words like overdosage uh, goes with heroin and meth and, and really, you know, some pretty hardcore substances. But overdosage doesn't mean that you're, you know, you've collapsed and you're turning blue and you need a naloxone injection. Overdosage means that you've had more that you can tolerate. And it can mean that, but not in the, not in reference to, to marijuana products, CBD or THC products. Right. And that's what makes cannabis so interesting or eat any plant medicine at that, um, for that point. Well, maybe not. I'm going to speak just for cannabis of what I know the best. That cannabis can't kill you like an opioid can. So you overdose on an opioid, it has receptors that control your breathing, your heart rate, and will kill you. A cannabis overdose, you're just going to pee out. <laughs> you're not, you may get too hot, you may get really high, but it's not going to kill you and it's not going to cause any damage ever. So the example of alcohol is great on the difference. The difference though, is that you cannot take too much cannabis that it will become toxic and cause damage like alcohol can. So you can take too much cannabis every single day. Now, I know in humans there is a syndrome, which I can't remember what how to say it, but starts with an H. And I'm sure there's people that have uh, sensitivities or allergies to the plant, which would be different, but never where it's going to become a dangerous situation. But there are literally, you cannot die. Meaning if you overdose on cannabis, even if you give your dog too much, there's going to be no permanent damage. So how, how, many, how many things can you say that? I don't think you can say that with just about any other drug. And there's probably other plants and mushrooms, especially mushrooms, because they're 90%, 80% water. So it's really hard with these natural products to cause any damage. So when I go on the internet and type in what happens if my dog eats my marijuana and everything on there is rushed to the emergency room, it's toxic, it's, it's ridiculous to me. It's absolutely just continuing to perpetuate the fear of THC because I tell you, I have treated hundreds and hundreds of animals, both with little bit of THC and lots of THC and have had very little issues. So I just want people to know that, that that pill in the bottle is 10 times more dangerous than the 
than the plant product. That is absolutely true. I cannot think, and in fact, if you go through and review the literature, with exception of products that are contaminated with other substances, there are no deaths from marijuana or CBD products. However, when they are contaminated with other things, and you were mentioning you've you've seen things like xylitol and all sorts of crazy stuff in pet products where it's clearly toxic, that's a problem. So again, when you're buying stuff for your pet, you have to read the label because people will just put a paw print on something and then you've got this nasty substance your pet's trying to deal with and they've already got health challenges. So that is a huge issue. All right. So I think that we're pretty safe with sticking with the cannabis, especially uh, when you compare it to if your pet's in pain, you know, or your pet needs to calm down. The drugs, uh, your, your pet has allergy. The prescription drugs that they are prescribing are 10 times more toxic and dangerous for your pet than cannabis is. And cannabis will help with all of those things. For instance, uh, there's five pathways to pain. So when we get these really old dogs, I'm watching conventional vets. And for those of you who don't know this, we do consultations. So we're seeing what conventional vets do on a daily basis. So we're not just making this up and we're not hating on them. We're literally telling you what our experience is because they come to us when those drugs don't work and try to figure out what can they do differently. They want to now take the natural approach. But there's five pathways to pain. So they give your dog one drug, painkiller, and the dog still has pain. So they give them another one and another one and another one because each of those drugs participates with one of those pathways. So now your dog is on five pain meds, you know, or calm down meds or whatever it is. And instead you can take cannabis that deals with all five of those pain pathways and have no bad side effects. So now not only are you taking, giving your dog one toxic drug, you're giving them five. And in the human side of things, it's like 10 to 12 drugs. I needed to know why. Why was I getting these old decrepit dogs that were on five different pain meds? It, it, was, it made no sense. So I figured out why. Oh, that's because we're not dealing with that pathway. Here's another drug. No, no. And remember, they can't patent the cannabis as a pain med. So they take just one little compound out and one thing that interacts with one pathway, but that's not going to get rid of the pain. So I want, I, I need people to understand that. All right. So if someone is listening to this and going, okay, I want to get my dog off some of these toxic medications and look to cannabis as a medication, how should they titrate? And what does titrate mean? So titration means adding little bits until you get the desired effect. And the, the, thing, the reason that is so important here is that because there can be some intoxication, some sedation, some, some ataxia, that sort of stuff. And so if you, you know, the rule of thumb is always start low and gradually increase. And, and that's what titration means. Start at a dose that you believe will be safe and not create any issues. And then from there, increase the dose until the dog or the cat has its pain relieved or whatever other challenge it is you're trying to support. And then you can start considering 
what can I get rid of now? This dog is really good. Let's start taking all these prescription meds off as quickly as we can. And same thing. Then you you do the opposite. You wean them off of the prescription meds so that you can help the body slowly but surely get rid of those. Exactly. Exactly. Because the last thing you want to do is take this dog or cat that's finally feeling decent and take its knees out from under it. So uh, there's a lot of, there were a couple of holistic vets that were like, no, you absolutely must have your dog off of all prescription medications before I'll even speak to you. Well, that's absurd. Yeah. Cause that's a lot of work. Well, and then this dog has no, there's nothing to provide pain relief. And so it goes from being just getting along to unable to move because of the pain right. level. And that's or when, not right. Or if it's a seizure, Yeah, you know, you're trying to prevent that seizure from happening at all. So when you're messing with something that's, you know, maybe helping or a little bit and get rid of that steroid or whatever it is, you want to make sure you're supporting them in other ways. Yeah, I, I, what I always do, so all of uh, CBD Dog Health products are dosed by what research has shown to work typically, but every dog is different. So I could give one dog a full dose of Heal, which is 42 milligrams of a, for, of a full spectrum hemp extract and literally have no, all my dogs None of my dogs get high anymore. None of my dogs, you would never know. I'm, I'm on the horse products from all my dogs, but all my dogs are also geriatric. But another dog, if a dog is healthy and just anxious, you know, maybe just has some anxiety, separation anxiety, and you give it to them, they may get high off that 42 milligrams because they don't have the deficiencies in the endocannabinoid system. They're sensitive to it. They had a good fatty meal beforehand. There's a lot of, of things, but what I, the most important message that I want to get through to this podcast today is that it's not going to cause permanent damage and it will not harm them if it is a pure cannabis product or a pure hemp or marijuana product. Now, if, if, you're, if it's a marijuana product that did not come from a medical dispensary or even a uh, recreational dispensary, then God knows what's in that and how it was grown and what other toxins are in it. But that is where it might get a little bit more dangerous and that you might, you know, need to get more help. But if it's a pure cannabis product from a recreational or a medical dispensary, you really can um, just help support them through it because it's not anything that's going to hurt them. What are some of your, you know, besides pain, which is one of my favorites, what other things do you see cannabis kind of taking the place of some of these dangerous pharmaceuticals? Like over the years, what are the ones that you saw the most that you're literally having to take them off multiple meds to bring them back to homeostasis and then actually treat the source of the problem? Well, and that's the, the key point too. So, I mean, that's the first thing is that you cannot outpill a bad diet. So, and there's not every pet owner that can change the diet to an anti-inflammatory diet, but that really is key. And honestly, it's gotten to the point where almost every one of my uh, consult clients, I'm recommending that they put their dog on CBD at some level. Because it, it's so interesting, especially with inflammatory bowel disease, those dogs almost always have some level of anxiety that just is creating problems in their lives. And so it's like, how many birds with one stone can we kill? And voila. And so again, 
that's what we'll do. We'll get them titrated up. So we'll start with a lower dose, make sure they're good with it, and then gradually increase the dose up to either we're not seeing any improvement in benefits or we're at you know 50 milligrams and i think that's that's a great place to to stop and then from there what we'll do is is look at okay what western meds is this dog on and we'll i'll generally start with the one that's going to create the most issues so for instance if the dog is on prednisone that's really the first thing i'm going to try and get them off of oh, i feel like all of them are on it got a problem that's like antibiotics and and steroids I've never I'd and I would ask so why are you taking the antibiotics I don't know yeah and it's just <laughs> I mean this this whole idea of stewardship of antibiotics is out the window I mean it used for I don't know back when Obama was in office that was everybody sort of got behind that for a bit. And then after that, you know, the last few years, people are just like, oh, I'll just pull out the biggest gun and throw a dart at it. And and I keep hearing from my clients, well, the vet put it put my dog on Batril or whatever it is just to kind of make sure. And it's like, ah. Yeah, I don't under, I mean, now I know so much because of course I lost a dog by overdosing. And, and what's interesting is that I, when I got the autopsy, they said it was, all they found was irritable bowel. And knowing there are research studies after research studies on irritable bowel and cannabis and how amazing it is and how it will help. It helps the entire GI tract <laughs> from everything to ab- helping it absorb food and nutrients to getting rid of inflammation. So it is anybody who has a gut issue, it will really, really help. And what's funny is that even if you are on prescription meds, add the CBD and you don't want to stop them for whatever reason, because you think they're working, by all means, give them CBD to kind of help support them and their gut because their gut and their, their liver are really taking a hit. It is, it is changing their microbiome. I love that you know, I only know about pet health. I love that we're talking about, I'm hearing on the human side about the gut and the microbiome and everything now. And I'm like, yes, everyone's getting it now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually some really good research starting to come out about the microbiome of, of dogs, especially. And, you know, what was the ancestral microbiome? So it, it's, there's, there's great research starting to come, which is fantastic. I love it. Cause what was their microbiome? And cancer didn't exist. And they have more receptors, cannabinoid receptors, than other animals. So they must have been eating that hemp and treating their own pain and their own inflammation in the wild by eating hemp plants or hemp seeds or whatever they were doing. So it's not like it's a, you know, huh, how'd that happen? No, it's getting back to nature taking the natural path to health and wellness instead of throwing a prescription drug or an antibiotic or a steroid at it because those all have side effects and problems later down the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, But I will have to say there are certain pets that, you know, if, if we've got a dog that's 14 or 15 that's had Cushing's forever, if we get this dog on CBD, maybe we can't reduce the prescription med dose but the awesome thing is, is that dose need is not continuing to ratchet up. And I love that you brought up Cushing's because I had a dog that I was treating for lymphoma, B-cell lymphoma, who also had Cushing's, horrible Cushing's. And so I aggressively started treating the cancer and I got rid of her Cushing's. 
So when I say I got rid of her Cushing's, I didn't take her in to be diagnosed to see. So I don't know if it's like we send it to remission, but we are all the all of her symptoms went away. And I'm assuming what I did was shrink the tumor wherever, whichever it was on the adrenal or the pituitary. Um, but like literally all of her symptoms went away. The excessive eating, the fat belly, all the little papillomas on her went away. She was a disaster from taking CBD and nothing and diet, of course, changing her diet. So CBD mushrooms and supporting her diet and bringing her, she, I think she was, maybe she was, I'm pretty sure she was gibble and probably lots of hand feeding off the plate going on. Lots of yummies. Yeah. Well, and that's it. I mean, part of, part of it is too, is that if you can improve liver function, which is another thing that CBD can help with, then you can help support these dogs with hormone imbalances. And and if the liver is functioning better, it can clear out excess ACTH, the thing that stimulates the adrenal gland to make more cortisol, and it can also help clear excess cortisol out. So I've had success, you know, with early Cushing's patients in really, you know, ratcheting up improving liver function, improving the diet, and then we make those numbers on paper go away and all the symptoms go away too. I know. I love it. And then they feel good. And you got an old dog that's acting young again. Amen. Well, I enjoyed a conversation as usual. And for our listeners, we do this a lot and we don't record it. So we're going to record more of them because we, I love getting on the phone with you. And I mean, you have over 30 years experience. You've seen it all you have experienced it all. And when I just think about what I've experienced in the past six, seven years, just using one or two natural modalities, I just love having this conversation with you. So Dr. Ruth's going to be on a lot more often so that we can share our ideas with you guys and tell you what, what's going on, what's going on in current events, whether what they're doing, with, there's cancer vaccinations now. And every time I see all that happening and I'm like, okay, we already have all natural things that deal with all 12 pathways of cancer. Let's concentrate on that instead of developing a new cancer vaccination. You know, why aren't we testing that and seeing how we can improve upon that and grow strains that specifically target or are known to be better and be researching that. But I guess we can't patent that and make billions of dollars off of it. So it there ain't never going to happen. There you go. And that's the problem with the veterinary research in a nutshell. If there's no drug money in it, it's not being researched. Right. And if it is, it's someone like us doing it and nobody will care and be written it off. I told you, I thought me, you know, getting Nina to two years past her diagnosis, what the first thing people said to me, vets mostly, is, oh, a misdiagnosis then. It must have not been no. osteosarcoma. No, 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 that's not a, no, that's, if you don't, Something if you else. don't poke the bear, you can, you can get them out to two years without a problem. That's yeah. right. Well, thank you, Dr. Ruth. It was so nice seeing you. Thanks for you coming too, on. You too, and right. always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com.
Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi. 